my name is Lerato and if you aren't new then welcome back Patch Doll. Alright, it's been a long while since I did a book review. Actually, it's been about a month since I did a book review, but we're back today, baby, with a book uh, by Trevor Noah. It's an autobiography. Um, but before we get into that, two weeks ago, I released an episode that was an ode to women, particularly women in South Africa. So if you missed that, you can definitely go ahead and check it out. It's actually quite nice. I mean, I'm going to say that about all my content because I like my content. If I didn't, I wouldn't be making it. So, I mean, <laughs> anyway, check it out. It's quite nice. Today's episode, however, like I said, is a book review of one of my new favorite books, actually, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Now, like I said, it is a autobiography, so it's quite weird summarizing an autobiography in a unique way because, I don't know, like, there's no spoilers or whatever. He's just talking about his life. So <laughs> I didn't know how exactly to go about this, so I just went and did a quick Google search and was like, okay, I'm just going to give the people what Google says, and then I'll get on to my discussion. Okay, now if you don't know who Trevor Noah is, he's a very popular South African um, comedian, he does stand-up comedy. Wait, I think he's more so well-known now for his role in, not his role, but like he does the Daily Show in America. He moved to America a few years ago and like, you know, started doing comedy there and like, you know, he probably earns big, big monies for it. But yeah, we're proud of the boy. We're proud of the boy. Um, so, I don't know. If you don't know who Trevor Noah is, just check out his shows. They're absolutely, utterly hilarious. They are available on Netflix, I think. And honestly, many other streaming sites. And I think you can get them like in DVDs if people still do that. Or like rent them somewhere, box off. I don't know, man. I don't know. Just check out his comedy. It's actually quite hilarious. Okay. So now back to the Wikipedia. Lerato is lazy, so she's just going to read this. Um, synopsis. I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to come back to it. And then just delve deep with my thoughts. Especially on what they said. And like how I interpreted the book and everything. I did put a little spoiler alert two weeks ago when I announced that I'm going to be doing this book that I am going to need to go in hard into this book so if you haven't read the book please just read it or like watch his shows and actually like get to know his life or whatever so that there's no spoilers but yeah this whole episode is just going to be one big spoiler okay let's go the book okay this thing states that sorry the book details Trevor Noah growing up in his native South Africa during the apartheid era. As the mixed-race son of a white father and a black mother, Noah himself was classified as a colored in accordance to the apartheid system of racial classification. According to Noah, he stated that even under apartheid, he felt trouble fitting in because it was a crime for him to be born as a mixed-race baby 
hence the title of his book. In large part, the book is a paean to Noah's mother, Patricia Nomuiselo, who grew up in a hut with 14 occupants. Noah describes his mother as being stubborn, fearless, and an extraordinary teacher. She was a fiercely religious woman who took her son to three churches every Sunday, a prayer meeting on Tuesday, Bible study on Wednesday, and youth church on Thursday, even when black South Africans were rioting in the streets and most people were cowering in their homes. The book opens with a young Noah being thrown out of a minibus by his mother because she thought the driver, a man from another South African tribe, was going to kill him. Or kill them, rather, sorry. Later in life, young Noah is caught stealing a car and his mother lays down the law about crime and punishment. Later, Noah tells the story of how his stepfather shot her in the head while she was returning from church with her family. Young Noah developed social and mental agility that helped him during these times of trial. Whether he was talking in their own languages with different tribes or risking arrest and violence by selling illegal bootleg CDs in dangerous neighborhoods. Through it all, his mother administered tough love and old school, old testament discipline. And through his autobiography, Noah tells the story with admirable articulation and engaging humor. Now, I am going to put a little musical interlude here before I go into my little slicing up of firstly what they said and my interpretations of everything. But I'm also doing that because I really just want to check on the audio for this part. So if the audio has been terrible, forgive it and me and all of us really. Everyone needs forgiveness. But forgive me and then we'll get to a better volume situation in the next section. But apart from that, this whole thing is just me trying to, you know, separate into little segments. So, yeah, let's jump straight into the next part, which is my analysis. All right, so it has been a few hours since I recorded the last bit, but I had to wait a bit so that outside could get a bit more quiet because there was still a lot of traffic outside and now while everything is working in my favor there's heavy winds so hopefully there won't be that many people and it's quite late in the night anyway you don't need to know all of that i'm just back so let's jump straight in so like i said i'm going to go back to the synopsis that i read and then really just like dissect everything that i think according to what they said so they said the book details trevor noah growing up in his native south africa during the apartheid era and you know what actually when i read this book i was like "Mm, okay okay i mean all right um okay I don't know. I wasn't taking offense in the way that things were written. I really wasn't because it is the truth. But it was weird seeing South Africa being depicted in that light because South Africa to me is it's it's my normal, right? It's what I I know as in I know nothing else but it. I don't know if that makes sense. As in I mean I know other countries and whatever from other things that I've seen. I've been to Lesotho before. But Lesotho is very much like South Africa also, so, you know. Anyway, I haven't really had 
any other experience outside of South Africa. I'm hoping to change that soon, but for now, I haven't had any other experience outside of South Africa. So I've always seen South Africa from the perspective of someone who's lived in South Africa. But reading this book and having things explained that happen in South Africa in such a, I don't know, fundamentalist way is actually weird for me. Like reading that was like, oh, oh, I mean, I guess. I mean, okay. So that's why I'm saying they said growing up in his native South Africa. It's like, what, what's the, what's the use of the word native in this sentence? Like what's, why is it there? What kind of emotion is it portraying even to just a passerby that like he's talking about native South Africa? It just takes me back to the whole thing of like native Africa in comparison to the modern West, you know? Like, South Africa is not portrayed in this, like, absolutely trashy way in the book. It's really not, actually. It's just that when you really read the book, and especially if you're South African, you're reading this thing and you're like, I mean, okay, is that okay? Is that how you want to explain it? I mean, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. So that was, like, my main thing. And also another thing is there's a lot of comparisons that are made to America. So this book is by someone who was born and raised and lived most of his life in South Africa. And it's about the happenings of South Africa. But now he's putting comparisons, like American comparisons, for it to make sense, for it to be like standardized, if that makes sense. So it's like, yeah, okay, this is not exactly from the book because I had quotes from the book, but... My phone restarted and I honestly didn't have time to actually just go back and look for the same quotes. But um, let's say, for example, someone is explaining what a spaza shop is or what a tuck shop is. In all honesty, if I were to explain what a spaza shop is, I'd say it's a tuck shop. I didn't know people would need an explanation further for what a tuck shop is because, like, it's a tuck shop. What? But then, like, it would be, like, compared to, like, something else, man, like... The, the American version of that. Or like, uh, how can I, what other example can I make? Like trains, like our train system, and then like the subway system. I don't know. It's just that like there's a whole lot of comparisons to how Americans live their life in order to sort of like standardize the experience for everyone. And it just takes me back to reading many other books really that I read as particularly last year when I was still doing English as a minor in varsity, like, a lot of books are written, even if it's written about Africa, there's a lot of comparisons to the West in order to sort of standardize it, to make sure that everybody is accessible to it. And it's like, well, why is that the standard? I want to read about a book, like, I want to read about a book and learn about their culture and, like, have... Have them explain things to me, yes, but not in a way that's like, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. I think what I'm trying to say is, it's like when you read um, Exit West, right, which I am hoping to do a review on. However, I'm actually quite scared of doing a review on that because I feel like the depth of that book is a little bit beyond me, at least for now. But when you read Exit West, it's just talking about you know, the Middle East, but, like, not in an Orientalist way. So it's, like, the whole thing of, like, Orientalism. Like, the Middle East is portrayed as just 
this thing, you know, like this war-stricken, sad, hungry zone. But there's people who live there. There's love that exists there. There's children who go to school and moms who care and whatever, you know. So it's almost like when reading this book, it's not at a bad extent at all. But reading this book was like, I mean, this is written by a South African guy who's lived in South Africa, about his experiences in South Africa, to, I mean, I know it's not just to South African audiences, but like now I'm the South African audience. So I'm like, okay, to a South African audience in a very weird manner, man. Like, ugh, it just left a weird taste in my mouth. I feel like this is not such a good analysis of what I'm trying to say, but like, honestly, if someone knows the words that I'm trying to articulate, please, by all means, like, hit me up and tell me what I'm trying to say, because I know what I'm trying to say, but in my mind, it's sounding so horrible right now. Anyway, let's move on. So the next part says, as the mixed race son of a white father and a black mother, Noah himself was classified as colored in accordance to the apartheid system of racial classification. Now, there's a lot to go into that. There's a lot. There's a lot to get into that but we won't especially because i want to read the next sentence and then just join everything together it says according to noah he stated that under the apartheid rule he felt trouble fitting in because it was a crime for him to be born as a mixed race baby mixed race baby hence the title of his book which is born a crime and i found that very intriguing because in a very political sense he was born a crime because it was under the morality act a crime to have um interracial um sexual connections you know you can't have like a baby a baby's like the direct product of those in- encounters so yeah like to be mixed race as in have a white mom and a black dad under a very lawfully segregated place is obviously a crime, right? But then I thought about it because as I was reading this book and before I read this book, I was thinking about just the title Born a Crime and I'm like, well, I don't know. I want to take this a little bit further. Last week, we were, two weeks ago, sorry, we were doing an episode on um an ode to south african women and i was just thinking like is being a black south african female you know woman being born a crime you know or let's even take it a little bit further and include trans and trans people and queer people as a whole like you know, is is that is that being born a crime? Because someone could be like, I mean, it's not being born a crime. Like, um, you still have like opportunities in life, and like, it's not the only my like uh, minority group and things like that. Yes, but then it's like you're the target. It's like your life is like, oh, your life is just 
a whole preparation, a whole long preparation for someone else's crime. I don't know if that makes sense. So in a in a way, you are born a crime. I know this is not in any way the context that Trevor Noah is using it in. Also, his book is absolutely hilarious. Like, it's very lighthearted. Read it. You're not going to have such a depressing time as what I'm saying right now. But my whole point is, being a South African, being black in South Africa, being a black woman in South Africa, being a woman in South Africa as a whole, really. <laughs> but let's just say, being a black woman in South Africa is inherently being born a crime because you have more of a ch- like a statistical chance to be murdered than to be like rich like or to be well off or anything like i don't know it just it it just it's like that title invoked so much emotion in me because i was like well he was born like as a legal crime but then like you even though he had odds stacked against him right as you like will see with the rest of this like he was selling cds and like he was poor and all these things and like he still made it in life and now he's like a really high-paid comedian and things like that and i absolutely love trevor noah so this is in no way bashing him and his hard work but i'm saying let's take a woman in his very position you know there's just like a higher chance of her being killed than you know her succeeding in that realm or in that way or even if she's not killed then she has more challenges. Then she has more things to like encounter, more stereotypes to really try to eradicate as she navigates through social life. It's just more things that she has to go over or just more hurdles that she has to face in order to get to the same position, you see. And it's just, uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I was like, okay. Well, like, that's being born... Well, Trevor Noah was, like, born, like, legally a crime. But then can you imagine people who are born just to be an actual crime down the line, you know? And I understand. I understand the the troubles that coloured people are facing. And actually, coloured people in South Africa are, like, a whole tribe on their own. Like, they have, like, their own culture and everything. Coloured culture is actually pretty lit. But... In this instance where he's got a black mother and a white father and being mixed race, I don't know. It's just like he, he, he talks about not fitting in, which I'm now going into the next part of like my little analysis. He talks about not fitting in, right? And like he can't fit into like the white kids because he's not white enough. He can't fit into the black kids because he's not black enough. He can't fit into these ones because he's not that enough. And it's almost like, once again, when I now just link it back just quickly to the women issue, it's, okay, um, well, women are, like, sometimes not womanly enough to be regarded as good moms, right? Who, you know, like a career woman would be like, "Mm, well, she's not a good mom, she's not there with her kids. But then also... She's not manly enough to be the breadwinner. It's like, hmm, what happened to your household that you're the breadwinner? It's like being a woman is constantly falling into that gray area. You know, you're not nearly as this enough to be that 
or as this enough to be that. And this just brings me to like an overall um, rant about just individuality, but also like individuality within a society. It's weird because it will be like, well, I don't speak English with a hard twang enough to actually be, you know, a UCT student, but I also don't have a Gassi accent enough to be a, like, kid from the township who hasn't, like, gone to UCT, like, the typical, yeah, kid from the township hasn't gone to UCT, things like that. Or then you're not hip enough because, like, you just wear Doug Martens and now it's like, mm, she's just trying hard because she just wears Doug Martens but with basic-ass outfits versus, ooh, she's trying too hard. You know, like, I'm going on a rant here, but it's just, like, the way society is structured is there's categories, right? I, I keep speaking about categories in society all the time. But there's categories. And what makes me annoyed is the fact that no one is ever that prime example, that ideal category so like here Trevor Noah is not fully white and I know there's just like people who are fully white but then are they you know like they're white and then like they like doing things that black people also like doing I'm going to talk about like is her name Nina the the, a female comedian in South Africa I think her name is Nina she's always trashed for trying too hard to be black because you know she's always with black guys and it's like, okay, you know, like the white people, they're being trashed for trying to be black too much. The black people are being trashed for trying to be white too much. The colored people are being trashed for trying to be too polar. The this people, the that people. It's like, yo, no one, no one is just going to be this ideal thing that is like into, like boxed into one category. Because, you know, we had that at one point in our lives during World War Two. There was people of the Aryan race. And they belonged, they ticked all the boxes to one particular category. But look where that led us. Hmm? Look where that led us. It leads to exclusion, war, discrimination, this, that, the next thing. So it's like this constant need to belong to a certain group. It's the need for belonging. It's human nature, yes. But then like it sometimes just feels like you're never this enough to be that and you're never that enough to be this and that that annoys me that really annoys me anyway let's move on to the next part of what this thing says so it says in large part the book is a paean to noah's mother patricia numbuiselo who grew up in a heart with 14 occupants noah describes his mother as being stubborn fearless and an extraordinary teacher and i will say the way that he portrays his mom ah oh, i live for it not a lot of people portray female characters in that way. And I know her mom, his mom, sorry, in this instant is not a character or a fictional character because she's an actual person. But reading the way that she is portrayed in this book is so refreshing because it's like she's got her flaws. She's like a terrible parent sometimes and she's a wonderful parent sometimes. And she's like a terrible feminist at times and she's a wonderful feminist at times. She's a wife. She's got her flaws She's not an extreme of this or that. She she free flows. And also even in that free flowing, she's not like so free flowing. She's like completely like off the grid, off this, off that. She's just like mingled into society, but not really does this, but not really. It's just like it was such a refreshing character to read. And I know she's not a character once again, like I will keep emphasizing this is her actual life. But once again, this is a piece of literature. It's not like 
were watching her live her life. So the way her essence is portrayed in the book is so refreshing. It's so, oh, I love it. I love it. I want more women portrayed like that. I just want more characters portrayed like that, actually, because sometimes when you have male writers, they portray their male characters properly and then overly, unbelievably just reduce their female characters to nothingness. And then you just have, like, female characters who do the same with male. I mean, female authors who do the same with male characters. So it's like, um, you know... I just, I don't know. I just want things that are, like, written this way, okay? Yes. Also, you can probably tell that I don't have, like, a proper written out script. I mean, I have a bit of a script, but I'm going off the script, like, a lot. But thing is, I'm really enjoying it a bit more when I'm going more off script. So I hope you guys actually enjoy this. If you do have a comment on this and, like, you preferred the more, like, structured way, then please do let me know. And I'm going to incorporate that also, but still have fun with it. But, yeah, the more non-structured way is actually fun for me. I just feel like I'm talking and I just feel like I'm just throwing my opinions at you. And you just do what you want with those opinions, you know. Anyway, it says she's a fiercely religious woman who took her son to three churches every Sunday, a prayer meeting on Tuesday, Bible study on Wednesday, and youth church on Thursday, even when black South Africans were rioting in the streets and most people were cowering in their homes. Now, the part about black South Africans writing in the streets and people cowering in their homes, I'm going to not include in this um, episode. I would say watch Sarafina if you haven't. It's a South African movie about like times in apartheid. It's about the youth, um, like the revolution of the youth during apartheid times. Watch Sarafina just to get like a really good image of what that is, like what that what that entails. You know, like being a black South African writing in the streets, but also still living your life, but also being like for, you know, like you're for the struggle, but you're also for your life. So just watch that. It actually is just like a wonderful movie, but I'm still stuck on the fiercely religious woman part. Because listen, I thought my mom was fiercely religious. And if she's listening, which she probably is, shout out mama, hi. Cause she always listens to my podcast, my biggest supporter. Thank you, mama. Anyway, I thought she was fiercely religious. My mom is always watching, like, faith TV, like, these, like, um, really religious things. And, like, is very involved in the church and does this and then the next thing. But going to three different churches every Sunday, a prayer meeting on Tuesday, Bible study on Wednesday, youth church on Thursday. Aye, aye. I, no, <laughs> I would lose my mind. I would lose my mind because I feel like, what, am I just, am I not spiritual enough? Is this where people catch me out that I'm not spiritual enough? I don't know. That just seems excessive for me. That just seems, oh no, that's too much. That is way too much. And like I keep saying, my mom is very consumed in very religious things. On Sunday, the entire Sunday, she's never at home. Like, we go to church early, then we come back and she does whatever it is that she does. You know, like church shandies and like praying for people, whatever. And then like during the week, she'll be watching all these things. She'll have like her little soul thing where they like sit together and pray. But like still, this that I read here, I was like, oh, okay. 
But anyway, when you read the book, it's actually a source of like some comedy about like Trevor Noah thinking like he his prayers go directly to God. You know, he's so connected. <laughs> it's actually quite funny when you read it. So read that part. I just that was a refreshing little bit of information where she's like unbelievably overly religious and you know what the thing that's ironic and i think it's just like an irony of life here is she is like this super religious person and the the thing that's really like the climax of the book or really like the turning or the the, the driver of the story in the book really her being shot by her ex is it happens when she comes from church right and it's like even these experiences of like when they were in the taxi and like her throwing Trevor Noah outside of a moving taxi, it's all like related to like them going to church, all these things. And yet, you know, she still stays religious. Now, I'm not about to like go and be like full on preacher in here, but it's like I sort of like that just in general, in whatever you believe in. If you like atheist, if you are anti-theist, if you are polytheist, monotheist, whatever. I just like that, like, that firm belief in your beliefs. Is like, you, you, like, it's such a firm belief system. It's like, even though all these things are being thrown their way, they, they don't, like, they don't change. If you're, like, a firm atheist and, you know, you're, like, strong in your beliefs, it's like you can have conversations with people who are religious people but then, like, you'll still stand by your belief that, like, you know, this is not, this ain't it. And if you're monotheist, if you're polytheist, things like that. It's just, like, the sheer strength of the belief system. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, the, like how deeply this is believed in is what's refreshing about her character. Because literally all these bad things that happen to them happen either on their way to church, at church, on their way back from church, or on their way to another church. Literally. But, like, that's all because, like, they spend most of their week at church anyway. Like, everything would happen at church also if you spend most of your week at church. But, yeah, it's just, it's really, it's a refreshing read. Anyway, now back to the part about being thrown out of a minibus. So, the book opens with young Trevor Noah thrown out of a minibus with by his mother because she thought the driver a man from another south african tribe which i will say now it's not like a spoiler or anything they are Tosa, the guy is zulu and he holds problematic um stereotypes of Tosa women so then he's like thinking like oh i've got a Tosa woman in my car right now oh ooh. and every bad thing that you know men south african men specifically sometimes think like so she got worried and thought that the guy was going to kill them and threw the kids out of the moving bus and, like, just ran for it, basically. Later in life, young Noah is caught stealing a car and his mother plays down the law. He does a whole lot of illegal stuff, okay? Like, they, they, he becomes a DJ at some point. He becomes a, a dancer, this, that, the next thing, selling um, pirated CDs. It all just sounds so... It sounds funny, but also so relatable in a weird way. It's not like I've never had a period in my life where I was selling fake CDs or like, you know, doing illegal stuff. 
or not explicitly <laughs> but like it just whenever you read that part and they're like talking about him so you see here they're like in dangerous neighborhoods and it's like okay okay Talking about him alexandra like in the book they just he portrays it as like he portrays the dangers of living there yes but then also portrays it as like a homey place which i very much appreciated it's like yeah there's like this crime and that's a big part of what's happening here yes but also we understand each other we look out for each other you know it just it felt so much like my young days i grew up in a township as well not nearly as rough as alexandra is like not nearly as rough as it is it's a township in soweto but like the way they like they'd be selling like the fake things whatever whatever um, you engage in that you buy this you sell that and you know you just live your life unproblematic you get things for much cheaper than you'd get them elsewhere you know you're friendly with your neighbors you greet the elders you greet the youngings when you pass by the street or like when an adult passes by the street and you guys are playing in the street you pause the game and like you like greet and they pass it's such a good community it's like just it's it's urban life but not city urban life you know like when you move like straight into the city like if you live like in the city or in the burbs it's just like you're alone you're moving you've got to do this and that and the next thing on your own you belong to this and that and you know you know you you know your place there but like it's like it's your place and that's it no one else can interrupt whatever but in these places man you know you go get like someone to write quote-unquote cds for you as in like really to pirate them and be like oh this and like that would be like um someone making a fake cd for you or whatever and like people just blaring out their music on the street and i'm actually explaining some things that still do happen like that's the beauty of being in, in the townships i do go quite a few times in the year really to visit my family but like it's a nice experience it's a humbling experience not a humbling experience in a sense that like i'm so stuck up in my head that i'm thinking like i'm better than everyone else no 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 a humbling experience in that it just brings back good childhood memories and also it's refreshing to be in a community of people where it feels like a, a full community of people you know your community of people is is everyone around you you greet everyone around you you do this you know things about everyone i mean that has its downfall everyone knows everything about everyone else but still you greet people you know you go to the shop and like you know the person who's selling it's just it's quite nice it's like a it's a very homey environment so yeah i actually do quite like it okay anyway my whole point to round off because i realized that i've gone off time a bit my whole point of rounding off here is this book is written in a way that depicts south africa in a way that i both absolutely love and absolutely hate it's like i don't know it's a weird tug of war where i'm like okay do i really like how south africa's portrayed here or do i really hate how south africa's portrayed here but whichever way it is he has got a funny book okay with a funny life story he's a comedian so of course his autobiography is going to be funny check his shows out this is not sponsored of course it's not sponsored i mean like come on my viewership is not that big yet however it will get bigger if you share 
please actually share the podcast. I never actually ask you guys to share the podcast, but share if you actually quite like what you're doing. Um, but yeah, that was Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. Next week we will do a young adult type um, book. I'm still deciding on which one because I read like three. So yeah, we will be back next week. But for now, please, please, please do stay safe, stay hydrated, read a book and get hooked in a book. And we'll be together once again in the next episode. Bye.